Hey everyone, this is Flippin' Finance. I'm Sam Ismore and I'm joined by my co-host Fabian. Hello, hello. Today is March 12th, 2023 and we have our first emergency podcast. We are covering Silicon Valley Bank and the future implications for that. But before that, kick the disclosure music. As always, none of this is investment advice and does not constitute an offer to buy or sell securities nor do any of my opinions affect those of my employer, Vallejo Financial Advisors, or any of its affiliates. This is for educational purposes only. We are lazy, so we have no duty to revise any information. Also, caveat, we're going to be talking about things that are going on right now. And Fabian and I are nice people. And you're not going to do anything based off what we're saying today, even though there could be implications for you. We don't know you. So reach out to your advisor if you have questions. With that, Fabian. Uh, Sam. I have been hearing so much about SVB. This is this is almost as bad as when everything happened with crypto in, in terms of how much I'm hearing about this. So I, I have no idea what it is. So I'm leaning on you to tell me what what is SVB. I've never heard of it, and it's just now on my radar. Sure. So we're talking about Silicon Valley Bank. So th- it's a bank that specializes in helping startups with their banking needs, a lot of venture capital funds. And there as well. So at one point, it was, I'm using past tense for a reason, the 16th largest bank in the US. So I think it started back in the 80s to cultivate venture capital and startups primarily, but it really, really took off during the COVID tech boom where startups got a lot of funding and the way venture capital and startups work, you get you raise your money, whatever it is, 10 million, 50 million dollars. You don't need it all right away. You need it over 18 to 12 months. So what you do with that money is normally you put it in a bank. And if you're a startup, about 50% of startups use Silicon Valley Bank. So they take their money, put it in SVB. So during the COVID boom in tech, there was a ton of startup um, funding raised. They all put that money there. So Silicon Valley Bank had roughly $69 billion in deposits pre-COVID. And then by the end of roughly 2022, their deposits had ballooned up to 200 billion in a way. So they got a lot of money. And SVB was slightly unique in that they weren't making a ton of loans. They, their depositors who are startups didn't need, um, only needed so many loans and they were kind of meeting that. So what Silicon Valley Bank went and did. So if you have a, when you get a deposit, as a bank, that is a liability. You owe that money to somebody else. So what you're trying to do is because you're a for-profit company, you know, let's recognize that this is capitalism. There's nothing wrong with what they're doing here in practice is they, they take com- uh, consumer deposits and you buy U.S. treasuries. So your deposit is paying zero. You go buy a U.S. treasury. You get paid like 2% or something like that back in 2022. That's how banking works. You either go buy deposits with consumer deposits or you go buy, go out and make loans. So there's kind of two things. Uh, and that's how banking functions for the most part. And they were no different. They were supposed to be doing the same thing, right? Yes. No. Silicon Valley Bank is is a little little unique in the fact that they got a ton of deposits that were highly concentrated in one area of 
of the economy, startups. Mm-hmm. And then they were also unique because they went out and bought predominantly only long-term assets. They bought U.S. treasuries that had a maturity of 10-year. They didn't buy a lot of short-term stuff because it wasn't yielding anything. So that's where you start getting into the little bit of quirks as, of SVB. Highly concentrated customer base that has similar deposit demand. And then they went out and bought long-term uh, assets. So there's going to be a theme here. running. Gotcha. So, okay. So you, you gave us the background about who SVB is or was. Mm-hmm. I suppose they still exist. Uh, and kind of. Kind of their, their background. So how did it lead up to kind of what's going on right now? Sure, sure. So remember, we've got our asset, we've got that long-term bond, and we've got our liability, which is technically the short-up startup deposits. So over twenty, the year of 2022, interest rates have been increased. We've talked a lot about, about that. And as interest rates increase, that bond you bought has a temporary loss in it. It's totally fine. It's going to come back over time, over the life of, of the bond. Um, but for example, if you went and bought a 10-year U.S. Treasury at the beginning of 2020, it is now worth roughly 14% less today. Just because interest rates rise, you now have a bunch of other bonds out in the market that have higher yields. That bond you bought a year or so ago is worth less. So that's is one this, thing. Does this have anything to do with the inverted yield curve? Is that impacting this at all? Not as much. Not as much. This is for Silicon Valley Bank's purposes, this is primarily they bought long-term bonds that took a short-term hit with higher interest rates. So um, the inverted yield curve affects other things. And in this case, it didn't really impact uh, SVB. Okay. Um, so you, we've got a chart here in the show notes. You can see that they took some pretty big losses in those bonds, which is fine, which is normally fine. Okay. Now, I'm going to say like a lot of normally here. This was not a normal case. So at the same time, so remember, that was their assets they bought. We got a short-term hit. At the same time, all the startups are not able to raise more money right now. So you kind of have the tech bubble deflating in a way. Valuations got a little out of hand for startups and other VCs like that. So you can't raise money because if you go out and raise money right now as a startup, you have to take your hit on on your valuation for a variety of different reasons. They don't want to do that. So they're really pulling down their cash from their deposits. Totally fine normally. So you have the liability of SVP getting money taken out, right? So you have the short-term hit in your asset that you're holding as bank, and now people are taking their money out. Could be fine. Could be fine type of thing. But what ends up happening is it got to a point where they needed to sell those short-term securities that they bought for a loss to cover some of the deposits in a way. So they tried to raise capital. And what you do as a bank is you sell some stock. Typically, that's normally very fine. I'm sure a, a lot of other banks go out and they you can sell a billion, you can sell tons of stock out there. It's how you fund capital. So they tried to go out and raise $2 billion or something like that in capital through a stock sale and the market wasn't happening. They're like, something is up. Uh, in a way, and that stock sale kind of failed. It didn't really go through. So what ended up happening is more and more people heard this and started pulling their money out in a way. So you have just a classic bank run 
on Silicon Valley Bank to the point where their CEO called up Thursday. They had this phone call at like 1130 and he's pretty much like having, uh, have you seen It's a Wonderful Life? No. Oh, okay. Um, so in my show note, there's, there's a, there's, there's the clip to It's a Wonderful Life with George Bailey, where he explains how to stop a bank run. And pretty much the SVB CEO was like, everything's fine. Don't pull your money out. We're good. So what does that make everyone want to do? <laughs> <It'll> <laughs> what would you do? Money out. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. So that's what everyone did. So roughly $40 billion got taken out that Thursday after he said that. Holy cow. Yeah. That's a lot of money. You know, that is a ton of money. Now, like any bank is not set up for that. So like, even if, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say any banks, but if you go to like any normal bank and you take out 25% of their deposits in one day, they're going to have an issue. Um, So that's what happened is they were having huge withdrawals and the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, is set up for this. They pretty much took over the bank. They're like, okay, you guys are closing down. You guys are having a bank run. We are going to, and they're doing it right now over the weekend. We are going to sell off your assets to the highest bidder. And we're going to try and make you, you whole effectively. So that they uh, could pay the people the money that they're trying to get out of the bank? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So that's what's happening right now uh, so- over the weekend. That's hey, that's that's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. So so why did this why did this happen specifically to to SVB? Yeah, so I just mentioned like this could happen to any other bank if you go and try and withdraw this amount of assets. And we've talked about the uniqueness of Silicon Valley Bank so far. So one cater to a specific niche customer, and then at the same time they are going out and purchasing long-term assets. So they had just really poor risk management is when it comes down to it. So it's what you would call a liability asset mismatch in a way. So they were levered to one sector of the economy. They went and bought pretty much the wrong assets. That's kind of on the bank management. They shouldn't have been doing that. They should have had a more diversified uh, asset base in a way. And if you can look here in the show notes, you can just see how different Silicon Valley Bank is to other ones. It's like off the chart different on all these different ones for for whatever reason. And effectively, they just they lost control of the story and and they went kaput in a matter of I I thought they would make it to the weekend um, and and be able to do do something, but they they couldn't even make it through Friday. So I was I was wrong in that that regard. Jeez. So I mean, will they come back from this or no? They're they're done. Uh-uh. So my off-the-cuff opinion is they're probably done, like close out. So equity investors are going to be totally wiped out. If you held Silicon Valley bonds, you're totally wiped out. Now, the real question will be the depositors of Silicon Valley Bank. They were also extremely unique in that all these startups, you got your 10 million, you got your 20 million. They just put it, they just put it with that bank for whatever reason. That's kind of poor risk management on on their part, but that's what they did. Um, so only 3% of Silicon Valley Bank's deposits were FDIC insured. So taking a step back, F- FDIC insurance is anything $250,000 and below is insured by the federal government. You never have to worry about it. They'll make it whole. Banks pay a little bit into FDIC insurance to make sure things like this are covered. But they had, once again, a unique 
uh, asset base where large startups kept their money there in large amounts and 97% of it is not FDIC insured. So what FDIC is doing right now is they're going to all the banks and they're going like, okay, here's Silicon Valley's loans, here's Silicon Valley's deposits, who wants to buy this? type of thing because there is a value there is a value to it the issue with banking is they had a liquidity crisis you couldn't no bank can meet all these deposit demands that they had but another bank i'm not going to say any or another two banks come in and be like we'll take half we'll take half of this and we'll buy their business and maybe the depositors take a haircut is my guess like maybe they'll get 95 cents on the dollar Mm -hmm. maybe they'll get 90 i'm not sure but i know on monday they're going to send out like a a special dividend certificate. So whoever's uninsured will get maybe 30, 40%, like a good faith type of thing. And then the real thing will be like, where's that haircut for the depositors? Will the government fully insure the the uninsured deposits? I don't know. I'm not going to put my opinion into that. But that's kind of where the rubber's going to meet the road is, is how much are those uninsured depositors going to get back? Right. So I guess where where my head goes to one, I'm not a Silicon Valley guy. My money was not in Silicon Valley Bank. Do I need to worry about anything? Like, how would this potentially impact somebody like me? Sure. So, first off, I would say, do you have more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a bank? If you do, great, good for you. Side of a thing. Uh, in a way, I would say right now, you, as long as you're not in a in a bank like similar to Silicon Valley Bank, I don't want to name any other ones. You're going to be totally fine. This is not a knock on wood 2008 event. This was this was a bank run liquidity event. So 2008 was what you would call an insolvency issue. So that's me. That's when your assets are greater than your liabilities. That is, you made some bad bets. You had poor uh, risk management in a way, and you lost a lot of money. That was 2008. As everyone made bad loans, they thought they were good, and it was this slow train wreck. As that was kind of revealed over a year or so. This is more of a liquidity crisis. This is 1930s classic bank run, but it's unique because back in the day, it was physically impossible for people to go get their deposits out in such a fast fast manner. Like 1930s, 25% of deposit base couldn't leave in a day. Now with online banking, kind of can in a way. I don't, I, like, this is like a new type. This is a digital bank run uh, in a way. So, and I mentioned George Bailey before. So I don't think we need a George Bailey event yet. So you would kind of need someone to step up and be like, banks are fine. Depositors are going to be fine. I think you're going to see, depending on where the haircut is to depositors that were uninsured at Silicon Valley Bank, I think that will that will either start the snowball or stop the snowball or like, you know, thaw it out in a way. That, that'll be the big test. And I think we'll know something by Monday or Tuesday. But you're starting to see stress in other areas of the market. So regional banks were down really big uh, on Thursday and Friday because Silicon Valley Bank was a regional bank. What mm-hmm. other banks might have some issue there? Also, so I got a note in there showing kind of the, the big hit versus the market uh, on there is, is the big thing. So me, I remember the, the beginning of disclosure at the beginning of this. Don't do anything because you listen to this. But at the same time, I think this is just a this is this is a car crash in the banking system. Silicon Valley was was driving too fast. They were had poor risk management, and they hit some deposit 
speed bumps going 100 miles an hour and they, you know, ran into a tree and just blew up. Now, I think the rest of the banking system is, is probably fine. Um, we'll see type of thing. And this is like where I want to get on my soapbox because you're going to see a lot of scary headlines over the next week. And especially like our parents and our grandparents in a way, they've been through like an actual banking crisis before. You and me have been through 2008. So it's a, it's a little bit different in, in a way where like a bank run is like a Mexican standoff in a way where me and you are kind of standing here like this. Like, are you good? Are you going to take your money out? You, you know, like, I, you know, I want to be good. Are you good type of thing? So that's the issue with a bank run is the crisis in the entire sector in a way. So, yeah. And so what if you're just like, well, there's other people kind of running to go take their money out, but I'm just not going to do anything. Like, would that impact me too? But I, I guess it really doesn't matter if I have less than $250,000. In Correct. S- let's in, in like one of the major banks. Correct. Yeah. Mm. Should be good. Okay. Once again, this is not a recommendation at all. But something to consider is if you have too much in, in one bank, what I would think about doing, and I wouldn't do because I just said it, but I would take my money and go buy U.S. treasuries in a way. Uh, I would get it into like one account. I'll go buy some U.S. treasuries. That's one solution that you could do. Um, there's a flight to quality in this and U.S. treasuries are usually the best um, in that regard. So we'll probably see a flight to safety this week where people freak out and they want cash, they want treasuries in a way. And, and I think it'll probably take a, a week or two and we'll kind yeah. of see. Uh, you know, I reserve the right to change <laughs> my opinion as, as things change. But if you're worried about your portfolio right now and losing money, it tells me that you're taking on too much risk is another big thing. Um, so a couple of questions. One, will this have a larger impact on the market? Like, will the, will the, will we start to see like some market fluctuation kind of like we do after a Jay Powell event where he has a conversation about the economy and then you see kind of stocks all going crazy. Will something like, has something similar like that already happened or will it, do you think? Yeah, it's, it's already happened. So yeah. Regional banks have sold off really big. That's that charts in the show notes. They're down roughly 18%. Um, I don't want to mention any specific ones that way I don't get in trouble. But like the market's off, call it four or five percent. But that's normal. This is normal for the market to go mm-hmm. through sell-offs. Um, if you're not, if you can't handle this type of sell-off, you're you're taking too much risk. But we're definitely seeing large movements, and we'll probably continue to see large movements uh, over the next two to three weeks as this gets ironed out. Uh, in a way, I think the risk is always more than people think it will be because it's very easy to be like, oh man. Silicon Valley Bank failed. Who's next? Uh, I want my money to be safe. I'm scared. And then like scared people react poorly in the short term. That's how you get a bank run. But like we talked about the 1930s bank runs, like FDIC insurance is for a reason. That's what it's here for. And, you know, I'd be talking to your advisor just to be like, hey, have we thought this through? Am I good? And then um, last question for me on this. Like, are the the companies that were specifically impacted by not being able to get all their money? Like, what what position are they in now? Like, how does this impact them? Yeah, it's a great question. They're they're in limbo. So I think they'll get, based on my reading, they'll get a special certificate dividend of some of their money money on Monday, but they're going to have to wait a week or two to see how whole they are in their deposits and 
They have to figure out a way to make payroll. And I think this is going to be a huge lesson for people that never really considered like risk management control of, of my banking relationship. I mean, if you're a CFO of a company and you have $50 million just sitting in an account, there, there are options you can use actually. Like there's uh, what's called ICS, insurance cash sweep, where you, you can get FDIC insurance and all your money. It costs the bank a little bit more. But if I was CFO of a bank, I would be like, hey, I want the ICS function on my cash. Like, how am I protected? That, that would have been an easy thing for Silicon Valley Bank to do. And they didn't for whatever, because it costs money. Yeah, I imagine you'll see that kind of moving forward as like a standard oh, yeah. practice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So any other questions? No, that's it for me. All right. Awesome. Uh, if you like today's first emergency podcast, please subscribe, share, rate the podcast. And if you have any other burning questions, uh, feel free to reach out. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.